So when I was 15, I got my first job working at I a... I so you got your first pen at 15. <sighs> Probably. It was a cross pen. It had a cap and a quill. Nice. No. That was, that's not true. When I was 15, I got my first job at a stationery store. Selling stationery and pens. Did you move quickly? No, I did not have to. Oh. Ross Fletcher, everybody. Oh-ho. Welcome to the pod. Coming um, in hot. And you're not holding back today, Ross. I like that. Yeah. My, it's all downhill from here. My friend Sean says to me that you met Sean at the baseball game. He says, why is it that you always whisper on the pod? And I say, well, we're at dad daycare. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, I see. You can shout. She won't hear. Okay. Wow. Until she does and then wakes up. And then daughter. podcast paused. Yeah, my near two-year-old will start shouting. For a long time. That's good entertainment too. <clears throat> so I'm a bit hoarse. We've had to uh, we've had to push back the. And this doesn't matter to anyone, but had to push back the pod for a couple of days because lost the old voice. Had a hell of a time out at the old Golden Gardens the other day, Ross. That was. Uh, I was gonna say, is this voice thing a karaoke issue? No, it was um, it was hanging out on the beach, uh, jabbering away, some allergies, and I woke up Sunday, no voice. Yeah, went to work Monday with no voice. It was very odd because it's you know. That's you when still... you can justifiably whisper. Yeah, and it just sounds like this all the time. You're listening to the end. I know what it was. You didn't actually have allergies or a lost voice. You were just trying to pretend you were a golf commentator, having watched the Masters over the weekend. That's what it is. They all whisper, don't could they? It, could it be another hole in one on sixteen? Jordan Spieth. He's chucked it into the water. Five times in a row, <laughs> messed up the chance to be Masters champion again. Poor guy. God. Got a feel for him. Although an English guy won. And he looks and like he's sort of a mess being barely held together by a suit. Like That's, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I think of <laughs> that guy. You are dissing a guy from my mother and father's home city in England. So careful where you go with this. Where's that? Sheffield in oh, England. Oh, Sheffield. In North England, where I went to, to university, actually. So yeah. be careful. Otherwise, me, my mum... And my dad will come round to yours and make sure you permanently have no voice. How about your brother? Will he be? No, he went to Birmingham. <laughs> Whatever. That guy. Arty kind of idiot. <sighs> I hear Manchester's the spot for the arts. Yeah, Manchester's pretty cool in the UK. Yeah. Everyone says London because it's the biggest place. But yeah, Manchester's got a bit of vibe about it. Gotta tell you, we've had a breakthrough. Um, oh, on next fall travel, honeymoon travel, mm. me and a pretty lawyer are going to head on out for a little bit of honeymooning. We recently talked about going to Croatia. Yes, we did. I got a text message yesterday that says, do you want to go to Japan and see the F1? What, for the honeymoon? For the honeymoon. And I was like, first of all, that's, that's like asking me if I want to go to see Arsenal for a honeymoon. And I'm like, <laughs> obviously. Is Pretty Laurie a big fan of Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton? I don't know who her Formula One driver is. We're going to have to figure that out. We have, because she's a huge Brad Evans fan. That's her, uh, that's her Sounders fan, uh, soccer player. Mm. And then Rory McIlroy, she has a golfer. Okay. Uh, she doesn't care at all about sport at all. But so taking it to the Formula One in Japan for a honeymoon is ideal. Her idea. I could do my golf voice there. I could practice my golf voice at the Formula One with the cars blowing by. This what? was her idea, Ross. She what? texted me this. And I was like, first of all, she's told me that she has no interest in going to Japan ever. And then good. It's a good start. One of her clients 
is either Japanese or lived there for a while or something. And they were like, oh, you have to go. It's serene. It's beautiful. Don't go to Tokyo. Go to all these other places. And the place I want to go to most on the planet is Kyoto. And Just so, because they talked about climate change there once? <laughs> now, as you may or may not know, I'm a climate change denier. Um, <laughs> the world is not getting warmer. There's no evidence to suggest the polar ice caps are melting. Correct. Apart from the fact we can't find them anymore. They're fudging the numbers, Ross. That's what that is, okay? We've covered a lot of ground already in this pod. So I say uh, Kyoto because of all the temple culture there. There's so many beautiful temples in the hills and stuff. There's a lot of monkeys there too, I guess, that like to steal from you when you're going up to the temples. That's what I understand. Just don't eat your sandwiches when you're on the route. Or throw the sandwiches to throw the monkeys off the trail. Wow, have backup sandwiches in your backpack. Oh, I love deception sandwiches. We've got this done. Formula One and deception sandwiches equals ideal honeymoon. Who would have thought... We get to this. This is great. So, Laurie is suggesting for Honeymoon, go and watch Formula One and give some monkeys some distraction sandwiches. Yeah. And All right. hot tubs. Um, she is worth marrying. But it got me tons of internet points when I took a screenshot of the message we were having. I posted on the internet. It got me some... I'm, She's very, her idea is very popular. Right, and it internet. probably got her lots of internet points, right? It's her idea. Don't take credit for her idea. Listen, it's it's the nature of the internet. Someone else does the work, someone else capitalizes. Yeah. So that's that's how that's looking. Yeah, so maybe Japan, Ross, which would be... You're a six foot four or five man. Nearly, <clears throat> thank you. I as well. Um, Indeed. And uh, so I can only imagine how hilarious it is to be that gigantic in a in a nation that is not known for its height. And also being yeah. Caucasian. Uh, I remember going to China. I don't mm-hmm. know whether I told you this story at the Olympics in Beijing. Okay. 2008. I know you've been there. Yeah. You may have mentioned it once or twice on the pod. Right, okay. I'll be very quick in that case. And I was sitting outside a shopping mall waiting for, for my colleagues, all girls who are in there shopping. I think I'm not doing shopping. Who cares? Also, don't assume that our listeners have any long-term memory for the things we've talked about, please. That's a very good point. We've done a few of these now. I'm surprised they're still listening. Carry on. And I was sat, sat, sat outside, and lots of people just doing their daily business, Chinese people shopping, and then I realized there was a family of five just shuffling up to me really, really inch by inch. And then one of them quickly got a, a camera out, started taking <laughs> photos of me right next to them, pretending they were being surreptitious because I was just a piece of modern art <laughs> or just this alien that had landed on planet Beijing. And they saw me as just the weirdest construction known to man. So I kind of said in my pidgin Chinese, do you want a photo? Or did a bit of those hand signals yeah. that you do. Uh, and they're like, oh, oh yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. And we did that. So that's another reason for going as a six foot five inch man. You will be an oddity oh. and probably fated upon. See, what I want to do, I'm going to act it out, is I want to, I want to put my hands in the air when people come at me and go, like that, and like <laughs> run after them and stuff and really act a fool. All right. I, th- I think this is reason enough to go on your honeymoon there. I got to tell you, the flight time. Oh, it's not too bad. You're going, how, you're going to London here today. Yeah. How far is the flight? How long does it take? Oh, it was two and a, four and a half thousand miles, so it's non-stop. Uh, nine and a half hours, ten hours. So it's ten and a half or eleven hours to Tokyo, right? So done. Non-stop, also because you know the ocean from Seattle or from LA. Seattle, done, double done. Yeah. So you're in. You think that's a good idea? Oh, oh as in you want me to come? 
Yeah, come on along. It'll, <laughs> be, right. a, it'll be a weird honeymoon. But. Well, it sounds like Pretty Lorry's up for pretty much anything when it comes to the honeymoon. So why not let me be a kind of tour guide or I could carry your bags or something like that. Could you commentate? <laughs> the whole way round. Wouldn't that be incredible? It, I am going to need someone to fill in for me while I'm away. So that's a very good point. Yeah, Maybe exciting. I have to stay home. When do you leave for Brazil? Like that's probably summer. Oh yeah, late July. Oh, late July. Games, Olympic Games don't start till early August, but we've got a couple of weeks of prep and stuff like that. Do you have a favorite summer game? Ooh, good one. What do they have um, you cover? Also, yeah, I did track and field. I did track and field in London. Okay, and that was the biggest thrill because you're interviewing Usain Bolt. Yeah, like a minute and a half, two minutes after he's come off the track, he's still breathing hard. When he's won his hundred meters, look it up on YouTube. There's me, and <laughs> I mean that's just incredible. And for me, that was a home Olympic game. So the atmosphere with ninety thousand people all cheering for either the winners or the British people was amazing. But track cycling in the velodrome, I think, is immense. And I was lucky to cover some of that when there were some British icons winning Chris Hoy, Sir Chris Hoy, he's that good, won his fifth Olympic gold medal in London. And I was, again, in the middle of the track in what's called the, the mixed zone, the interview zone, waiting to interview these guys. And the noise, I've never experienced anything like it because it's very, very tight, the velodrome, and the roof is pretty low and the noise just bounces around. Wow. And it was 6,000 people continuously cheering and you couldn't even hear yourself think uh and just the most mind-blowing five minutes or so of olympic sports so i'd probably go for the the track cycling in the velodrome there's a velodrome at marymore park here in seattle and redmond yeah i like stumbled upon it during some race that these people do where they're running around jumping over hurdles and stuff and then you run around the velodrome not like inside of it but you run like around and then slide down a big hill yeah on a, like a water slide type thing and i was like forget the race like can we play in the velodrome mm-hmm. there was no one really there to stop me so you have I, to go fast otherwise yeah you fall off it because it's banked like steep like 35 degrees maybe i don't know something like that though. yeah it's it's intense looking i can't imagine riding a bicycle around on it that's crazy those people are crazy even crazier the people that do the whole kind of cylinder thing where it's vertical and they ride around oh. so fast on motorbikes yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy I just think of homer simpson doing something like that exactly wow okay cool do you get so do you know? Wait, when do you find out what you cover? Oh, a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, okay. a couple of weeks. And then you start Googling people's names and. Kind of stuff like that, yeah. Brushing up on a bit of Portuguese. Obrigado. That's about the limit right now. Have you had to learn all the general, like, n- niceties for a lot of different countries? I guess so, yeah. I've been to a lot of different countries. Singapore yeah. was one of the big ones where you really had to play ball because they are incredibly strict. Prostitution is legal. Dropping litter on the street, you can get serious prison time. Wow. That's the dichotomy of that country. Wow. So you have to really know your stuff. And ignorance is no excuse. Wouldn't It was back in the early 90s. Michael somebody or other spray-painted something in Singapore and they Oh, they would not like him. that. Yeah. And it was, he was an American, so it was a big deal like in on American television for months about this about this happening and he he had to serve it because Americans couldn't bail him out of it or anything no matter how much how many times the news talked about it or whatever. I think he ended up taking like, you know, 11 whips or something like that. Oh, I can believe it. I can believe it when when I was there oof, 5 6 years ago. Public executions were rare, but were still a thing. 
Oh. And I don't know what it's like now, but it just goes to show that you do have to be pretty culturally aware. And when you're in China, you know, don't go making protests in the street oh. because you'll pretty soon be clamped down upon. Uh, so, yeah, you have to be culturally aware. And that's always, for me, part of the enjoyment, immersing yourself in a different sure. culture, yeah. knowing that this is this is far from home. That's part of the fun. Now, I um, I imagine we'll take some sort of cue cards with us to hand to people in case in Japanese, and because like if you have like we have some food allergies and stuff, and so before you order something that will kill you, you just hold it up and this has no eggs, right? That's a good one. But then you've got to understand what they say back. Oh, yeah. Maybe uh, offer them another card. That says one finger for yes, yeah. two fingers for no. How about that? You find out the guy's not very good with knives and he doesn't have two fingers, and so he's saying... <sighs> Maybe not a foolproof plan. Maybe a head nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll figure something out in time. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe the listeners can help with that. Yeah, I'm sure we're not the only people that aren't from Japan to have gone to Japan. So no, exactly. I, I think it'll work out. Yeah, It'll be fine, it'll be fine. Uh, I'm looking at some notes that I took from the last match while I was watching. <clears throat> the Sounders, I gotta say, did not look very sharp against Houston on the road. Hot temperatures. Wasn't that that hot? Come on. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to help out here, Ross, having none of it. <laughs> My notes are um, slow, heavy legs and lots of frustration. There was a lot of players Oof. yelling at each other, but it also looked like no one was really moving with a crispness that you expect from an early season matchup like this where the injuries shouldn't be killing you. I mean, obviously there are injuries and stuff, but where everyone should still really right now be coming into their full match fitness, I would say. Yeah, and the funny thing is, you know, the good thing for the Sounders is they escaped with a point. They <sighs> got a 1-1 draw with the last kick of the game, but my, oh my... It has not been pretty to watch, has it? It was such a dull grind in that first half. Yeah. And goes back to a complete lack of forward power. Without Martins, Oberfemi Martins, Seattle still haven't figured out how to be an offensive force. They're just not cohesive. They're sloppy. Players are clearly lacking confidence. Clint Dempsey was moved further behind into the midfield, so he wasn't getting anywhere near the goal and wasn't able to dictate play where Seattle needed him to, which is higher up the field. He got more touches from midfield, but they weren't influencing the game in any real positive way for Seattle. And woof, it had to get better in the second half because it was really poor in the first half. Luckily, it did get better, and, and there were a few changes they made which which helped that but yeah it's it's not looking pretty so far and it's it's interesting you have both seattle teams that are playing right now like really slumping uh the, the sounders are starting to come to life i feel like but the mariners losing their first f what four home five home games uh in front of that home stadium that doesn't sell many future tickets or many That's jerseys always the thing, isn't it for the m's they get forty-seven thousand, their biggest ever safeco field attendance for opening night we bumped into each other didn't we it was it was a great occasion and the, the somehow you always have better tickets to everything than me it's incredible <laughs> you should come with me next time yeah come, right? come with me yeah. and it was it was such a great show and the mariners really know how to entertain the crowd off the field with their marketing and their pr and their, their glossiness and they had some kind of amusing dances and a, a 
cake which they managed to throw into the face of an opposing fan, so to speak. <laughs> you know, just silly, gawky stuff that makes you as a supporter on the seat laugh out loud. And I loved it. And you really felt for them losing deep in, in the game. I think it was uh. in the ninth, wasn't it? Was it right at the end of the ninth that um, they, they lost the game? And then they go and lose five in a row. But, our boy, holy shit. 35 years old? I saw a really weird stat the other day that he was the oldest MLB rookie since before time began to get a walk-off homer in his first week or something with the team. Wait, it's one of those real baseball-y stats. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? The, he's 35? Yeah, I think so. And this is his first year in the MLB? Mm-hmm. Was he playing in Japan before? Well, he's a Korean chap, so... But was he playing like in Japan or something? Or well, it, wasn't, have... it wasn't American. I don't know that much. Come okay. on. I'm just blown away. I had no information about this guy. I was ah. just like, who is this guy? And it seems like he has a good sense of humor and he's having fun with it. Well, if he's from Japan and not Korea, maybe you should hit him up for honeymoon <laughs> I tips. Th- I think he's definitely Korean. I just don't know if there's a big Korean baseball league or not. I don't know how that works. Uh, again, pass. But I think they do play baseball in Korea, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, I was okay. So, so you have two teams that are kind of starting a little bit flat, and it's just poor Seattle. I'm already seeing the Seahawks being like, "It's almost there. We're almost there." And it's like, <laughs> schedules announced this week. There's still another 28 months to go till the first kick. Yeah, and you're like, oh, "You're not almost there." Good try, guys. Like, I appreciate it, but um, I just this is the week that I thought maybe we'd see the Sounders figure out another gear and start to play a little more cohesively and it just wasn't there it's gonna happen soon because they've only won one game from their opening five look they scraped that draw which at the end of the day you never begrudge earning a point away from home but you've got to look stylistically this 4-3-3 formation their new formation isn't working they're not getting the best out of Dempsey they're sorely missing their best player Obafemi Martins and they've now got it seems absolutely everybody out there scouting in a desperate scramble to try and find a new addition, a high-profile addition. And they're, they're not running out of time, but in certain senses they are, because they can't let the season start to slip away from them. One of the bright spots from that Houston game, two of the bright spots, were the substitutes, yeah, which can show you maybe a little bit of hope for the future, but not to change things around on a, on a game-to-game 90-minute performance. But Oleg Anderson, the young guy... God, he's the best. The Caribbean guy, the speedster. He's so entertaining. Totally random as a player. I'm still not quite sure if he has the footballing nous to become uh, a quality player, but certainly that speed is electrifying. And he set up the goal for Chad Marshall. You just don't know what he's going to do next. And that's why he's a fan favourite. He's totally unpredictable. He's very raw. He's still clearly not learnt the the minutiae of the game yet. But he has the ability to change a game in an instant. And then the other one was the, the, the other forward sub, Hercules Gomez, who came on, wily old campaign, a little younger than Dejo, <laughs> Lee. I think 34. And... He just showed that nous on the field. And he was he was organising players. He's very vocal. Totally different end of the spectrum to Olix Anderson. But it shows the Sounders have got different options off the bench. What you, you hope is they don't have to keep going to that to dig themselves out of situations. That they can use it as a spark to be the icing on the cake rather than having to use those guys to come from behind. But two very different options that 
gave you some reason for hope if you're a Sounders fan. Well, a couple things to that. When is Gomez going to get a start? You expect to see him maybe get out there Saturday to mix things up? He, well, he came on and the game changed and it electrified. Yeah. And suddenly, like you say that spark, suddenly there was something going on and it wasn't a tired-legged team anymore. It's, it's a 34-year-old that you don't know, almost like Chad Barrett was for the Sounders, whether you can get a good 90 minutes from him. Maybe if he starts, he gives you an hour. Yeah, give him an hour and then you get Morris off the bench and have him, have him with his fresh legs and youth come out and try and do something. Yeah, so there's all those kind of factors to play into it. One of the other factors being is Nelson Valdez fit, of course, didn't play against Houston and has been struggling with niggles. Seems like he's always had niggles since coming into Seattle. And he had a fair share of injuries when he was with Mainz, his, his former Bundesliga club in Germany, before he came to Seattle. So that maybe opens the door a little wider for Hercules Gomez. And Aaron Kovar has been the man filling in since it's Nelson Valdez came man. down. It's been good, man. I won't necessarily agree. Okay. Yeah, I just... He's still learning the game, but he hasn't given enough in that role up front. He hasn't been able to take the game to the opposition. Uh, and it hasn't been dangerous in and around the box. You wish him the best as, again, a young, local, homegrown kid. But I don't think he's taken his chance. You can't look at the couple of starts he's had and said, wow, one okay. of those indications is he's been benched. You know, he's been subbed off both times where... A couple of moments he's shown quality, but not enough for me to be a regular first-team starter. I agree with you. And when I say he's looked good, I guess I don't have very high expectations. And that's not very nice of me. So, um, Because neither time, I'm, both times I'm like, oh, Kovar. Like, no offense to the guy. He's a nice guy or whatever. But like, I just haven't seen that as like a, the Sounders have got it together with their starting with Kovar. Um, but maybe if you plan on him doing 60 for you and bring in someone else that doesn't quite have the wheels yet, then that works out, I guess, maybe. Well, it all depends whether Kovar does well in his 60 minutes, doesn't it? I mean, it depends how well everybody does and whether it's the right formation for him, whether they're getting the best out of him in that spot. We talked already about how Dempsey hasn't looked comfortable or at least hasn't been effective enough in the attacking midfield spot. One of the other changes they made within this formation, is moving Andres Evenshitz from that now Dempsey attacking midfield role wide left and a bit further forward. And again, hasn't been able to make that transition this season. He's still wonderful on free kicks and corners. Great, great weapon. And of course, he's a starting calibre player. He's got really good credentials and still can influence a game when he's on his best form. And you saw that in the LA playoff last season with that incredible goal where he ran past the defence from halfway and smashed it across the keeper. But we haven't seen, again, enough from even shits yet. And moving him around positionally isn't going to do that. So sooner or later, Seattle are going to have to decide whether they junk this 4-3-3, which again was, was made with Obafemi Martins in mind, not entirely him, but planning on him being there, or whether they stick with a, a solid formation with Dempsey up front instead of in that attacking midfield role and try and make it work. Dude, I just don't... Maybe I'm missing it or something. I feel like the Sounders miss width. 
I feel like there's no one that's taking the ball out wide fast and then crossing it back in for someone to do something with. And I know that there's not a ton of height in the middle to be able to play that game. You don't have a big guy that's really holding it down in the middle. But I feel like it's just a little too congested in the midfield. And so you're running into this very MLS of five years ago style game. It's a really good point, actually. Because if you look at the statistics, Seattle are actually slinging in a lot of crosses. Wow. But you're right. They're not managing to do that in too many dynamic situations where they can catch the back four off guard. The best time you can make a cross is if you can get in behind the opposition, get to the byline, you have the defence turned, they don't have time because they're scrambling back to mark their men, and that gives forwards time to find space and hope there's good delivery. But right now, everything is so relatively static from the Sounders. Like you say, they're mired in midfield, that eventually when they do whip the cross in, it's not in a situation where a man has beaten a defender, save for the Olex Anderson equalising cross, which was terrific work from him. But far too often before that, it was slow, ponderous build-up, allowing the defence to be set to find their man and to clear the ball out. They've got to move the ball quicker. And also, when they do get the ball in the box, and this was evident against Houston a fair few times, there weren't enough men crashing the 18-yard area. There was probably one guy on a number of occasions in the box to attack the ball. That isn't enough. In a 4-3-3. In a 4-3-3, if you're playing three forwards, and albeit they're not principally straight down the middle, sometimes they're flaring out wide, but still, you've got to have a man crashing the back post. You've got to have a couple of runners in the middle. Otherwise, that cross is 95% of the time worthless. So they've got to get better at at the, the, the transitions and also their ability to move the ball quicker and create problems for opposing defences. Big injury news this week, Ross. Uh-oh. Siggy Schmid. Oh. Broken fibula. He's going to be on the sideline this weekend on crutches. Yeah. I mean, how does that happen? I was, I was going through some scenarios in my head that I feel like are likely that he could have been doing. Now, I'm pretty sure he's a kung fu enthusiast, so... <laughs> I'm thinking he was training for blood sport, and his sensei made him kick a bamboo stick so many times that he finally just broke his fibula. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. No, no, mm. Ziggy Schmidt. I, I can see uh, how you get those confused because they both sound kind of German, but uh, uh, yeah. or, or of yeah. that area. Or maybe Jean-Claude Van Damme was his sensei. That, now you're reading me. There we go. So I'm pretty sure... That could have been it, even though that's the tibula. The fibula is in the back, so I don't know. Maybe uh, he's probably protecting someone while someone was kicking, I'm thinking. That's probably what it was. Could be that. pretty sure it's martial arts related. Or was he doing free climbing Uh, up Mount Sai? You could see him scrambling up the side of that mountain, couldn't you? Gonna have some real good grip strength, and I feel like that guy probably does. He probably has from throttling his players so often this season for underperforming. Yeah, I like that. I like seeing Brad Evans out there yelling. Maybe Brad Evans turned and yelled at Ziggy and scared him and he slipped and fell. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they could have had a table tennis match in the training room <sighs> one day and then Brad Evans hit a cross shot so fiercely that Ziggy clattered into some stray soccer balls in the corner of the room, fell over, and that's how he broke his leg. With the sound of a hubcap spinning at the end. (laughs) So many ways. So uh, he's questionable for the weekend. I don't Mm. think he'll get the start. I think he'll be on the bench. Although 
Although you know, you do know the real reason, don't you? N- n- no. Oh, he took a step in his back garden and fell over. Oh. I mean, how dull is that? I... If you're going to break your leg, do it sensationally, at least. Yeah, I hear that uh, he was reenacting Chad Marshall's goal uh, <laughs> in the backyard, and so he just planted wrong, and there was a gopher hole, and just yeah, just had to go. So I'm sure there's a real story behind that. That just it just sounds too dull, doesn't it? Yeah. Fell over a step in my backyard. It's just. No, I Ziggy, don't. come on. I know you're a big listener. If you want to use any of these stories, I totally will back you up on this. I think Ross even will. And, yep, uh, so, done, done. So uh, have at it. Got to give a big shout out to Brad Evans, uh, just because I like to always do that. Also to my buddy, the Ted Smith. I saw him on my way to come over here. He was jealous. Said to say hi. <laughs> also, uh, my program director, Leslie, was jealous that I was coming over. You're a real popular guy, Ross. Maybe Fletcher. I should hang out sometime in the station. There you go. Come on by. Fridays are your day, I understand. So. All right. Okay. Um, Sounders play Philadelphia Union, who look like they've gotten a pretty good start. That's Saturday night, 7 p.m. Yeah, they're normally terrible. Yeah, terrible. They have been kind of uh, Colorado Rapids bad yeah. for the past few seasons in the, the Eastern Conference. Are the Colorado Rapids, Colorado Rapids bad still? No, they, they are no longer the Sea Rapids. They are much better this year. They've been sporting <laughs> Kansas City in midweek in in Kansas City. I, I had never heard that. Oh, really? That was, that was in, this, the Sea Rapids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so they went to Kansas City and they won over the weekend? They, no, they won in, the, in, in midweek. Oh, wow. And, and sporting and had a really good start to the season. And they've got a couple of new players up front. A guy called Skelgen Gashi. And another chap called Marco Papa. Oh, he's been dynamite, too. I don't know if you've heard of him. I but he's in, a... been involved, I think, in all four of Colorado's goals this season. If not, something like that. Uh, one goal, three assists. He's been really good and got an assist for their first goal against Sporting on Wednesday night. And they're looking much better. And they've got Tim Howard to come, the US international goalkeeper in July. Just in time for the 4th of July, America. Yeah, Jermaine Jones, who's another US international who's just about served out his ban for pushing a ref last season. He's a new signing who will be adding a lot of experience. What are you doing? So look, the Western Conference is going to be difficult this year. And as you mentioned, Philadelphia Union are good, having been really bad. They've won three of their last four games guy up front called Tranquilo Barnetta, who played in the German Bundesliga recently. Tranquilo is not exactly the name you want for a guy who's supposed to be feisty up front. Yeah, a bit calm for my liking. <laughs> uh, but he's got a wonderful winning free-kick goal in the last game they played. So they will be, I think, no pushovers. So Seattle will have to start bringing it if they're to get something going again in, in the start of this season. Dude, I'm taking a look at the table right now. The two championship teams from last year, like essentially four, the four best teams from last year. And New York Red Bulls. Yeah, it's Red Bulls and crew shield. are 9 and 10 uh, in, in the, the East. East. And Timbers, Seattle are uh, 9 and 10 in the West. It just goes to show, once again, that MLS is a league of parody. Totally. And that you never know where you're going to be at the start of the season, at the end, or from one season to the next. That is bananas. LA Galaxy, sixth in the West. That's nuts. The Whitecaps are looking like they're falling apart too early. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not... It, I mean, it will all change... Sure, of in course. the shakedown, and yeah. in the end, six out of the ten teams in each conference will make the playoffs. Much like the NBA, but it's looking, I think, more competitive and more even than it has for a few seasons now. That's got to be 
in, in, in many ways, good for the league, that everybody has got a chance this season. Did you watch uh, basketball last night? Yeah, I, I did. you're a basketball guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know which game was more exciting to watch, the Kobe farewell game or the the Golden State Warriors winning the record number 73 games in one season. Crazy. LA with 17 wins by contrast. Embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourselves. Kobe Bryant scoring 60 points to give them their 17th win. What a <laughs> joke. You're a joke, Lakers. Ugh. Oh, but I, cut Kobe some slack. I never have liked that guy. And that's why I sort of <laughs> like him. I respect him as a as a basketball player because he's so good, but Taking fifty shots and walking away with sixty points is pretty pathetic. You've got to, you've reminded me. I've got to read an article I saw on Twitter that I never delved into, that said, with Kobe Bryant in mind, who's obviously been been touted as a selfish player. Yeah. And last night, give him his dues. He could do whatever the heck he wanted, but and I'm, it wasn't going to take him to the playoffs with their seventeen wins. If he made it or not, like pass him the ball. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. But apparently, this article says. The more selfish you are, the more of a team player you are. Michael Jordan. I don't quite understand that. I'm going to have to have a read that. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I saw a bit of Kobe, but mainly I was watching Golden State. That's... Just because Steph Curry is ridiculous. And he's fu- he's he's fun to like. He's a, he's a... a nice kid. Yeah. He's Does right. Good dude. He seems like he's like into the right things, his family, and, his, uh, and he's... So good at basketball, and I know people get mad when he does that jump shot, walk away thing without seeing it drain, but that is just somebody who's got the confidence cooking on boil. Oh, yeah. And to see him with those quick-release three-pointers is incredible. It's like uh, Ozzy Alonso smashing in 40-yard goals four times a game. Yeah. That's how ridiculously good he is. And no to Ozzy Alonso. If you could start doing that, that would be... That would help. That'd be gr- 40 that would help. 40-yard smashes four times a game. And Ozzy Alonso has been tremendous this so season. So good. But the one thing, maybe the one criticism of Ozzy Alonso, if you're going to be hypercritical, is that he hasn't added enough goals to his game in the past few seasons. Yeah. He started off in, in MLS knocking in a couple here and there, which were really useful, but he hasn't done that in the past few seasons. He got that one at Rail Salt Lake this season, which was his first in nearly four years in the league, I think. Colorado, July 2012. And if he could do that, then he, he'd be a supreme player for the Sounders. But yeah, Steph Curry, got to love him. Kobe, hear, well done. I hear that Kobe's going to be the starting goalkeeper for the uh, Portland Timbers uh, starting in July. So. Well, the way they're going... Yeah. Might be a good option. He's tall. I'm sure he gets up and down quick. And he's athletic. Selfish. There you go. He can probably pass a ball with his hands quite well. Yeah, there you go. Done. I'm sure he can kick. He's athletic. Yeah. You're welcome, Portland. Uh, what have I done? <laughs>